welcome to the STR Data Lab. The countdown has started. Jamie Lane, we are going to challenge ourselves to make this the most snackable episode ever for people today. How does that sound? The short-term rental industry, the economy, spring break, and everything in between all within 30 minutes. Is that what you're talking about? That's what I'm talking about, baby. Listen, people are busy and also people have spring break vacations to get to. We we got to make this easy for them. This is like, this needs to be like a commute distance. You know, I mean, like a nice little package for you, our lovely audience. Oh, it's been a minute since we've been together. So I'm just happy that we're recording the two of us. Yeah, it's been a little while. We've had some some great guests on the podcast recently. We've both been to some conferences recently talking with clients. Uh, getting out and about. And it's been maybe a, a little bit of a, a wild couple months uh, in the industry and in the economy. 100%. I think like we were talking about acceleration, like it's just go, go, go. That's the theme. Things have accelerated. Things have escalated. I don't know. Well, there wasn't anything in the news last week. I mean, like nothing interesting to read about. The other thing I wanted to start doing at the beginning of the episodes, I probably shouldn't mention it, is is introducing ourselves again. Uh, oh, for all our news listeners. So <laughs> for you, those of you who don't know, uh, I am Jamie Lane, VP of Research at AirDNA. Oh, I love this. And yes, I mean, audience, we don't prepare. This is just a very authentic podcast. I am Mariah Kamei. I am Jamie Lane's faithful sidekick. But in addition to that, and mostly here for the laughs, I am also the VP of Marketing. I do have a serious day job. But this is this is my fun time. So yeah, I don't want to talk about that. Go. <laughs> but I do want to talk about what's going on in the industry. So well, let's. Well, hey, we we're on a clock. All right. So <laughs> let's talk about it. You mentioned it. You're like, what is demand looking like? What does the future hold for us, Jamie Lane? So for those of you that have been you know following along, we talk about sort of nights stayed. February was just about 13 million nights which if you have been keeping track, this is the lowest level in the past year. Uh, but not to worry, February is typically the weakest month for demand uh, during the year. I don't know about you, but it is a little chilly here today uh, in Atlanta. And I, we have seen some wild weather around the country that has been sort of messing with demand patterns record snow in certain parts of the yeah. the West. <laughs> I, I've seen photos of just I mean, scary as getting dumped in I mean, people getting sort of buried in their homes. Right. Uh, obviously, on, on some ways, that's great for skiers. In other ways, it's, it's terrible for people actually trying to get <laughs> to those rentals to actually uh, go on their trips. Um, true, true. Some very weak snow out east. I'm impacting different areas there, maybe some cooler than expected weather in certain uh, beach markets. So some ups and downs, but overall demand was was still up uh, year over year, up 18% in February. Uh, so we're still sort of riding the wave of, of highs off of all the supply that's come on uh, to the industry over the past year. We've also continued the almost year-long decline in occupancy. So occupancy was down further, uh, 1.8% in February. That is a theme that we expect to continue. New listings continuing to sort of surprise to the upside. Available listings up 26% uh, year over year. Wow. 
which was a bit of an acceleration uh, from January. And man, it kills me to see that. Uh, I'm great that people are continuing to invest in yeah, the yeah. market, uh, that uh, we see new listings continue to come online. When we look back to last year, March, April, May was when we really saw the surge that sort of led to and all the surprise growth that we reported throughout 2022. So it's going to be really interesting as we sort of head into those months. Do we sort of meet those levels? Do we exceed them? Do we start to come down? My expectation has, and I, I think will, will continue to be that it starts to come down. But every single much, month, I, I keep getting surprised to the upside in terms of supply growth. We're going to be releasing some updated forecasts. I'll probably talk about them on the, on the podcast next month, but we'll be upping our forecast for 2022 or 2023 for supply growth. We were at 9%. I suspect we're north of 12% for the year when those updated numbers come out. And that, that just makes it that much harder when we look at and how much demand our industry continue, continue right. to absorb. absorb. Yeah, how big those occupancy declines uh, might uh, be. So far, the past few months, we've been averaging out around that 2% mark. Right. Sort of decline month over month. Yeah. And we're during the summer, we're down 10%. I don't expect that we get back to the, I can see further 10% declines uh, this summer, but I'm definitely further declines as we look out over the next year. Love it. Well, that thank you. That was such a good succinct update. Couple of couple of key takeaways there for me. Like you said, in the last eleven months, it's the lowest it's ever been for demand. That said, it's a, it's a short month, only twenty eight days, and you know people probably are kind of saving it, which we're going to talk about in a minute for some spring travel. But you also mentioned the one point eight percent, I think, down for occupancy, and is that February twenty twenty two versus February twenty twenty three? Yep. Perfect. Love it. Well, Jamie, that's a good update. And I love that we're reserving the right to reforecast. We're like, listen, we'll keep you updated. Things are changing. Do you think some of that supply listing growth that maybe was a little bit more unexpected? I'm just thinking about how long it takes for somebody to get their property online. Like, is it possible that that knock on effect is just sort of delayed a few months as people that maybe purchased back in December are now finally getting their properties online and up and running? I'm there's some of that. I'm definitely. But what I think the theory I'm, I'm working with now on on why supply growth continues to uh, sort of uh, move up is just and if you remember back to 2021 or maybe early 2022, there was just so many homes being bought, second homes being bought, and maybe you bought that second home with the idea of I I definitely want to use it in 2021, 2022 for working remote, and now as things I I got it at maybe a two and a half three percent interest rate. Yeah, now things maybe going back to more normal office environment. You know, considering like, hey, short term rental revenues are still and very strong, and that persistence at the peak, we're still staying and thirty forty percent higher than twenty nineteen levels in terms of earning potential. I mean, there's real opportunity out there, and people are 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 maybe bringing those homes that they bought. Uh, in prior year, and now deciding to to list them. I, there are six million second homes out there. 
and only 1.5 million listed on Airbnb and Verbo uh, in the US. I know a huge shadow supply of available homes that could be listed on any given day, irregardless of what's happening in the investment market of people sort of buying homes specifically to list on in the short-term rental industry. All right. I love it. Well, that was a good breakdown. And again, just for folks, that was a 34% persistence at the peak, 34% increase in revenue. Was that what it was, Jamie? It was 30, and we're, I think, 30, 40% higher, 30, so, somewhere around there. And revenue today on a per available listing than back in 2019. I had to show too, and I thought you were going to ask this, like with the occupancy declines, like we're still higher than 2019 levels. So that sort of indexing off the highs. February is the lowest. And so we're only two and a half percent higher than 2019. We didn't get that much higher in 2021, 2022. And February is just not the month where you're going to really accelerate or induce a whole lot more people to start traveling just given the weather around the country. Yeah. 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 No, that makes sense. And thank you for calling me out on not asking that question. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, always the optimist that you are, Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, it, but it's so important for folks, right? Like what's really, to under, contextualize what's declining versus like just slow and steady growth, right? Yep. Um, okay, perfect. Well, you and I both, again, just because we also probably are dreaming of the beach, want to talk a little bit about the economy and like spring break and all that stuff. I think we agreed to the economy first. Again, guys, we prepare. I swear we prepare for this podcast. Do you want to talk about some of the crazy stuff that happened. Yeah. Last week, uh, as we're recording over the weekend, but maybe I'll start with just some of the headline economic figures. And that's where my head immediately goes, like it or not, the consumer economy discretionary spending that happens in our industry is really dependent on people maintaining jobs, further job growth happening, and people having the wages and discretionary income to spend on travel. Uh, so two metrics I'm still covering, I'm monitoring most closely, uh, job growth. Job growth has been amazing <laughs> over the past two months. 517,000 new jobs in January, 311,000 new jobs in February, almost and maybe too strong. So up until last week, I, I expectations and sort of the market was, and we were going to go from raising the Fed raising rates of 25 basis points and sort of maybe re-accelerating rate growth up to 50 basis points, given the sort of really strong job numbers, still persistently high inflation. We saw 0.5% month over month in January and CPI 0.4% month over month in February. And we're still seeing a deceleration in year-over-year growth overall. We're only at 6% headline inflation in February, which is down, down significantly from what we were seeing over the summer. It's still looking like we could get to 3% by the end of the year. I think we're still sort of according to script uh, for what we want to see, but we're sort of wavering in that it's not decelerating decelerating maybe at the rate that we had seen in November and December and uh, worrying the Fed a bit. But then that was all maybe thrown out the window a bit with the uh, collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. Um, 
That, that was the news I was alluding to. Which yeah, was, uh, that old news. Um, <laughs> over the over the weekend, uh, sort of Fed and and Treasury sort of stepping in, uh, the F- FDIC taking over those banks, uh, deciding to sort of backstop those deposits, making sure all those depositors were were fully insured, insured and having access to their money. I mean, we hadn't seen a bank fail in years, and uh, Silicon Valley Bank was the second largest bank failure we had we had ever seen. Uh, second only to Washington Mutual back in, in 2008. So economists will debate and are debating whether or not it was, it was necessary to prevent sort of further contagion in the regional sort of bank markets. I think it was a great move personally by the Fed and the Treasury to come in and, and sort of stop further and what could have been a, a, a crisis in the banking market, uh, sort of spreading further into the overall economy. And it would have been a really tough spot for the Fed to be in if we had a full-on banking crisis all the while, inflation right. still sort of well above where we want it to be because, and the Fed wouldn't necessarily have their tool of lowering interest rates to prop up these banks to promote more economic activity, given that they're sort of tightening interest rates and wanting to slow economic activity. So, and the right move, in my opinion. And one will look back and, and be happy that they did. Lot lot of levers there, right? Lots of lots of balancing acts. But thank you. I always love when you remind us what those metrics are that we should be paying attention to for demand and everything else with the economy. That was a great synopsis. I should challenge you to do these things more often quickly. <laughs> I know we're gonna jump into uh, spring break, but maybe one of the overall industry metrics that I didn't mention mm. that is Listeners will know is my favorite. Uh, okay, guys, a, everybody, this is a quiz. Remember what Jamie's favorite is. Me too. Me too. Is nights booked? So how many reservation nights were yes. made during the month of February, comparing back to last February? So I mean, our metric of sort of booking activity, uh, and that's for future dates, not stays happening in February. And uh, during February, that was up fourteen point eight percent. So maybe a, a slight deceleration from January, uh, but very much in the bullseye of what we want to be seeing to sort of keeping up with and the sort of strong level of supply growth, still introducing some, some declines in, in occupancy, but and broadly a, a good number. It's and a good sort of tease us up for a good spring break uh, as a lot of those, and most of those bookings being made in February are for March and April travel. So uh, people gearing up for spring break. And broadly, it's, it's, it's looking like it's going to be a, a healthy spring break season for most markets around the country. Love that. Lo- I love that. Where, where is it healthiest, Jamie Lane? Where, where, does it, where are the people going? I need to know where not to go. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so if you want to avoid the crowds, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't think it's uh, maybe... A surprise to say, don't go to Disney during spring break. Weird. Uh, weird. Right, right. There are a lot of people planning on uh, going to Orlando. It is our top spring break market, sort of the Orlando Kissimmee uh, area. Uh, Number two, Phoenix Scottsdale. Big market for spring training, uh, baseball. Yep. Uh, 
I've talked about this before. I have to get Shin to spring training next year. My husband, he, you heard it here, honey. I'll get you there next year. I promise. (laughs) So that was actually, I'm one of our strongest demand growth markets to demand in Phoenix, up almost 40% for spring grape travel year over year. Gatlinburg coming in at number three, sort of Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge market demand up 17% year over year. And then rounding out the top five, sort of our, our, some of the most popular beach markets, Panama City, uh, Miami down in Florida, further growth there. Miami, while number four, five market for spring break, demand only up 3%. They're a market that's seen a lot of new supply coming in. Right, um, right. Seeing some pretty significant uh, year-over-year declines in occupancy and, and, and revenue per listing. So great to see that they're sort of maintaining that demand. Uh, but maybe not as much growth that they'd like to see in demand, given how much new supply that's come into that market. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right. Well, good. All places I will avoid for spring break. That's <laughs> done and done. I need I need a nice like off the beat play. I mean, I'm probably not the only one, especially if you're looking for a new market to invest in. Like something that's like just up and coming, you know, like a little rising star. <laughs> I, I think we talked about enough of those sort of rising stars <laughs> off the past markets yeah. for, for best places to invest. I promise I wasn't trying to make you do best places to invest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Some of the maybe rising star markets for growth, if maybe that's what you're hinting to. It was. It was. See? <laughs> Many of them, like Phoenix, are in some of the larger cities. So uh, Jersey City, Newark area. Fastest growing market for spring break. Not a ton of people going there for spring break, similar to uh, Minneapolis, uh, which was number three. Uh, Chicago coming in at number five. Uh, So Hamptons there, number four. So some decent growth in some of the larger cities as urban travel comes back. Uh, There's some of the cities that saw some of the strongest ADR growth too. So Boston, D.C., uh, seeing over 15% ADR growth for spring break. So finally, some of those big cities getting pricing power back and being able to capitalize on, on uh, both domestic and international travel uh, coming back to these cities. 100%. Yeah, those are some places I'd go to for sure. <laughs> Maybe not Chicago, only because it's cold until like June there. But anyway, I digress. Right. Oh my goodness, we covered so much. Did we miss? What did we? What did we miss? I think we were we over indexed on speed. <laughs> I, I will say I, I maybe talked a bit about my concern about supply and yeah. how we've seen a a reacceleration. Uh, maybe give some caveat to that uh, because Ooh, that's something that is playing out differently across the country. Very good point. Very very good point. We are seeing a deceleration and further deceleration in supply growth and a lot of the coastal and mountain markets. Those are some of the areas that have been hit hardest in terms of the occupancy declines. Right. Uh, seeing year-over-year declines in, in revenue per available listing. And those are ones we're, we're, we're clearly seeing a deceleration in, in listing growth, which I think is going to be helpful for people operating those markets Definitely. Uh, that we're not seeing further investment into it right now, giving giving those markets some time to absorb all the supply that's come in 
We are seeing further acceleration though in some of the urban, suburban, some of the midsize and still in the small city uh, rural areas around the country. Uh, so that's where if you're operating an urban is broadly getting absorbed though. Winter's tough with urban areas because demand's not great. And right. as you said, uh, now really looking to go to Chicago uh, in the winter. <laughs> Sorry, Chicago. Uh, Sorry, Chicago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and many of those markets sort of are and propped up in the spring, summer, yeah. uh, fall, as people are sort of uh, traveling to those cities, visiting friends and relatives. They do see the benefit of sort of the longer term travel. Uh, so those days, 28 days are longer. Really big benefit once we get into sort of broadly migration season. Is that what you call it when people start moving? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, you mean like the snowbirds? Like the people? No, I was saying like uh, if I was going to move to Denver, like typically oh. don't do it during the school year, during winter, do it right, and, summer. And over yeah. the summer. Yeah. So as people start to move, short term rentals are being used more and more for, for temporary housing, things like that. Uh, so that can be a big benefit for the urban areas during during spring summer periods. I love this. This is great. Well, that was some excellent knowledge you just dropped on us. I think it's right. I mean, like you know, I'm always struck by the nuance of the business and how much it just kind of goes back to your strategy, right? So, like, yeah, great to see that there's some relief in some of the more um, popular destination areas potentially as folks decide that that might not be the best place for them to start their business. And then in those areas where supply is growing, I think it, it feels like definitely an opportunity if you are in that market, or even if you're thinking about going in that market, it, to get in early with a good competitive advantage. As always, we've talked a lot and we'll talk more about it, I think, soon, um, how important those star ratings are and just doubling down on that guest experience, making sure that you're standing out in the crowd. And then I had a great interview the other day uh, with Kirby Atwell. And he was talking about, I mean, his strategy is completely different from so many's, right? He's just finding markets where there's slow and steady demand. And to your point, it's not just about like, hey, I wanted to go to the beach. It's like, you know, it's a college town where people are visiting or there's just a couple little draws or he's getting people that are moving in the mix. So just a reminder to folks, there's a whole bunch of different ways that you can do this that fits with what sort of you are expecting to get out of it in terms of strategy and approach. And let's let's talk more about that next time, Jamie, because, again, the, the mandate for this episode was s s short and snackable, short and snackable an alliteration. You know how I like those. <laughs> well, it's it's been a pleasure, Mariah, as <laughs> always. Yes, it's so great to catch up with you, as always. Um, and I'll, I'm sure I'll see you on the road again soon.